have it playing in the background yet still feel like i'm somewhat semi-interested in it like i can't i can't do that with like normal mlb maybe that's just because i don't have a team but i feel like little league like you can just root for anyone and it doesn't really matter yeah i mean it's nice little league's only six innings so it doesn't drag on forever and yeah you know these kids are honestly just doing it it's a genuine baseball they're doing it for fun they're not playing for money or you know, fans or popularity, you know, they're just doing it for the love of the game. Dude, I don't know if you just saw, but Cam Newton in the locker room after suffering a foot injury, he's done for the night. So, I mean, it's funny because I was going to like, I couldn't wait till we like talked about the Panthers like later on, or I think what next week's episode, but um, damn dude, Cam Newton needs to be upright for this year. Like I'm, I'm really, really hoping for like a CMC to have like a blowout season, um, and yeah, like I just need Cam to be upright. Cam, actually, you know what? Back to our conversation when you when you were saying about I don't know whether or not to draft Devonta Adams. Cam knew it. That that's the guy for me. Well, that's who you want to take for a quarterback. No, no, no. That's the same guy that, like, I don't know whether or not I should draft him if I have the opportunity. Oh, yeah, it's tough. Because, like, it, it's, it's one of those, like, boomer bust for me. Like, he's screwed me over so many times, but then there have been other times where I've had him, and he's just been, like, that go- like golden savior for me. Um, but we're not talking about him today. Today we are talking about the NFC and AFC West. Good old, good old West side, you know? Also, dude, podcast is up on up on iTunes. Um, that is exciting. Uh, all of our two and a half fans can uh, listen in. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I mean, so I, I was telling like uh, I was telling Rohan, uh, and I told like everyone back home. Oh, not everyone. I just told like the guys. Um, so he he gave it a five star. So I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> all right, man. Got 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 two ratings already. Uh, I got uh, yeah. I actually have some of my coworkers asking me to post it to them, or they want to hear it. I was like. You guys, it's it's probably nothing you want to listen to. It's 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 it's, <laughs> it's two jokers talking nonsense, uh, yeah. uh, like sounding Ill- illiterate, or at least I'm illiterate. Um, yeah, and- like it, it, if they're expecting like high quality like analysis or some like very you know eloquent speaking people, like this is the the last place that they want to be at. I mean, there, and I will say I got a compliment out of it, and kind of indirectly. Like she has, I told her, like, hey, it's you know, it's about football and fantasy and gambling and you know, you know, alcohol and stuff like that. So nothing really that really spiked her interest. But she's like, you know, if it's something that you're really passionate about, I would love to hear it because when you when you speak about things that you're interested in and you're very passionate about it, you're very convincing or very convicting, I should say. Um, yeah, I, I I can see that. I, I know, like when it comes to like hokey football and stuff. But that's like anybody. Know. That should be like any, anything you're passionate about. You're really able to kind of connect to the yeah, subject. Yeah. Um, 
Speaking of, I guess, the staple alcohol, what, what are we drinking today, Eric? Uh, it's my staple drink. Uh, yes. Oof. Are we Captain Morgan or Sailor no, Jerry? No, it's a, a Lady something. Lady, uh, Lady, I forget. It's really bottom of the shelf. I got cheap. I got. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I mean, okay. we're talking like a, a handle worth like 12 bucks. Plastic or glass? Plastic. <laughs> all right that, that explains it in itself all but right. you know what it's still spiced rum and yeah. you know it still tastes good it has you know i've I mean, it's a classic i told uh, I you mean, this I'm drinking, what's up yeah what do you got no i was saying like i'm doing a classic as well doing hell or high watermelon i don't um, is that a classic i've never even dude, heard of that hell or high watermelon is 21st like it's 21st amendment brewery it's a solid beer dude it's a i mean I don't. People say it. You can taste hint of watermelon. I can't. I just think of it as like a normal like wheat beer. It tastes. It, it's uh, like I hate to say that it's close to like a Bud Light, but it's it's not. Like it's it's a think of it like a fancier Bud Light. Like think of like your Bud Light Platinums. Yeah. Um. But like it is. It's a solid beer. Like if haven't had the opportunity, I can. I would. You know, I take that over. Bud Light. A lot of beers. I'm a big fan of their their Bud Light Orange. I'll be. I'll, I'm like almost their biggest fan. But now they're coming out with a Bud Light. I don't want to say lemon. I want to. Say, it might be Bud Light Lemon or Bud Light Lemon Iced Tea, something like that. Dude, I mean, speaking of that, like, do you see all of these like Four Locos and other companies coming out with like their spiked seltzers as I well? Mean, it's like I think Four Loco is. Uh, what sixteen percent? I mean, good night. I mean, yeah, I mean, three of those, I'd be on the floor. I think that was their whole like brand marketing, right? I, mean, I guess I mean they're if that's what they're going for, they're they're killing it. Yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, I, I guess going back to <laughs> to the other half of uh of the actual podcast, right? And yeah, I mean, what you're to like what your coworker was saying, um. I haven't really like publicized it either. I mean, I don't care if you do or don't. My kind of thing was, all right, we're doing AFC, NFC West today. Uh, we're going to do the South next weekend, which kind of does was wraps up all the divisions, right? Uh, I mean, it sucked that we had technical difficulties on like the first one uh, covering the AFC each, which who knows? Like we could re-record for the East, but at least once we get these three episodes out there, uh, it'll be like right before the NFL season, and then we could just kind of blast it out and actually get people listening. And uh, no, I'm good. I'm mean, it's a hard pass for me. What? <laughs> You're not going to tell your coworkers? <laughs> no, I don't want to re-record. What's done is done. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, guys. Gotcha. Yeah, no. I mean, these are fairly kind of long-ish episodes, but um, all right, let's let's do it, dude. Let's uh, let's kick it off. I guess with the NFC West. Um, yep. Because I I think there's really only two teams here to really talk about. Uh, well, three I, I guess, right? But I mean, why don't you kick us off? What do you think? What's our what's our big storyline? Biggest ad? Which I'm not going to be surprised at what I think you're going to say, but let's let's go ahead and hear it. Uh, well, I mean, I would say two biggest storylines align up with probably the two biggest teams to talk about, um, and that being. Um, the Rams being the the, the runner ups in Super Bowl, uh, I mean, they're poised to win this division again, assuming they're healthy. But one of the storylines is uh, apparently 
Todd uh, Todd Gurley has arthritis in his knee, so they're going to hold him back in the season. You know, not giving as much carries, which kind of sucks because I want to draft him. Um, but doesn't look that way. Looks like they're going to kind of hold him back and limit his carries. And then the other storyline, I mean, it has to be Kyler Murray, number one overall. Um, you know, electrifying with. Cliff Kingsbury coming from Texas Tech, you know, with the spread option or spread open or spread wide um, offense, you know, yeah. trying to bring that high octane, high scoring uh, offense. Wait, did I say NFC or did I say did I say AFC? Did you say AFC? Well, we can start with uh, NFC. Well, I mean, now that you're on it, like we might yeah. just we might just continue with uh, with what you got now, right? Just stick with the AFC. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I'm just a big dummy over here. Um. um but yeah, it's, those got to be the two two stories. I mean, San Francisco—they're really boring to talk about. There's there's no highlights. I mean, does anyone yeah. really want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, no. Seattle Seahawks, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like I mean, aside from, I don't know. You you continue. I think Jimmy G is a story to talk about. It's something that's like kind of off the beaten path, but. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, he's not like headline news, but, uh, this past week now, given it was only practice, but he threw five straight interceptions, five, five passes, five interceptions. Who, Jimmy G? Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Well, um, <laughs> now given that's practice. So take it with a grain of salt. No big yeah. deal. Whatever. I mean, uh, and then Seattle Seahawks, I mean, I guess you expect a good defense, especially with their home field advantage, probably being the best in the uh, best in the league. But, you know, they're, they're one of those teams where I'm kind of sick of them winning or always being good. I don't know if it's the coach. What's his name? Uh, Pete Carroll. I hated him when he was at USC. I hate him still. I don't know why. It's probably because he won a lot at USC. Um, you know, he, he, he was the coach at USC when they beat Virginia tech. So I think I have that bitterness towards him. So I really have no good opinion on Seattle. Um, but, and they're boring. I feel like all West teams are just, you know, they're always left behind because they're on the West coast. Um, you, you know, you don't see them as much on TV or in the national headlines because they're always three, three hours back. Um, but having said that, you know, I am really excited to see Kyler Murray. We both saw him at Oklahoma. Um, I'm very excited to see what he looks like. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, I mean, not to not to toot my own horn, but that Kyler Murray bet was hands down probably one of my best bets. Um, yeah, that was clutch. Yeah, so for, for those that don't know, obviously when Kyler Murray was still deciding between Joining the Oakland A's, right? Oakland A's, right? He got picked up first round. Yeah, I think he's drafted uh, eighth overall. Like, I want to say, yeah, like eighth or sixth overall. So, uh, trying to choose between MLB and NFL, uh, there's some pretty pretty nice odds. Had they already had like a four point five million dollar uh, signing bonus if he chose yeah, was, to go was, the MLB it, route? It's, it's. I mean, I guess that's a conversation for another time, but. Uh, yeah, dude, placing that bet at that time. Uh, I mean, shout out to uh, Veterans Minimum. That's actually the podcast I listened to. They they were the one that's kind of like tipped me off on it, and one of the other guys hit big as well. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, Kyler Murray, uh, definitely the biggest story I think out of this is Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Like, what is this going to be, right? Uh, I mean, I was reading somewhere, I didn't know that, uh, 
Cliff uh, Kingsbury, he was fired from Texas Tech after three like losing seasons. Yeah, and I would say take that with a grain of salt too because anyone who's watched not only Texas Tech but any of the defenses in the Big 12, uh, all those defenses are poo. I mean, they, they, they score 50 points, but they give up 48 points a game. Um, yeah. and so it's like, you know, if your offense doesn't show up or, and sometimes that means only, only score like 35, 40 points, they lose. And I don't know why they can't recruit or why, maybe it's just the kind of the type that, uh, type of coordinators or defensive coordinators or defensive schemes that kind of s- silently, they all agreed that, Hey, we're going to be the conference of high scoring shitty defenses. I don't know, but. I, I would say take that with a grain of salt because you you go go look at go go search Texas Tech you know look at their points per game you know the past you know season as he was a head coach yeah um, wasn't uh, was Mahomes a Texas Tech product? yeah yep yep right yeah and then uh, I mean even from like that same sort of air raid offense right you even got Baker Mayfield so I guess if you really just use those two as your baselines for for QBs coming in with like college experiences playing in those like spread offenses. Um, I mean, they've done significantly well. I mean, I guess we would all agree. Baker Mayfield, probably the hottest quarterback on the rise right now. Um, he just I mean, got Patrick, that swag. That Yeah. That's and, then, so... and then Patrick Mahomes, just a ungodly season uh, this last year as a rookie. Um well, not really a true rookie, but his like first, like he only played like the last game of his actual rookie season. Red shirt freshman. Yeah, there you go. Right. Um, so no, it's it's going to be interesting to see like what like what actually happens. Um, and, and then yeah, then I, I think I, I do agree with uh, with Todd Gurley, right? That like I just want to know like is he truly injured or not? Yes, he has arthritis, and like it seems like he's doing all right, but. You know what's what's the scoop, right? I mean, everyone was, everyone had their own doubts when Gurley had like limited play during the Super Bowl, and it was pretty much uh, what CJ Anderson uh, that was doing like most of the work. So yeah, that fat piece of shit didn't do anything, <laughs> dude. He, but I mean, for when he came into the team, like right before the playoffs, I mean, he put up some solid numbers. I mean, obviously, like he's he, he like you can't really compare him to Gurley and his yeah, production, but I see that I more mean, as like a like a benefactor when when you just have a spread offense and good weapons on the outside. Like it's almost by default you're you have to do well to a certain point because they have to put more emphasis on emphasis on you know the outside and the receivers. You know, you don't want to commit too much up front, or you're going to leave you know Brandon Cooks or Cooper Cup wide open. You have uh, Robert Woods. Speaking of those two, two of those three, Cooper Cup and um, uh, Brandon Cooks. No, Brandon Cooks coming off big injury. I know Cooper Cup tore his ACL. I don't know exactly what happened to Cooks, Brandon Cooks. I can look it up really quickly. uh, Didn't Brandon Cooks go back to the Saints? I don't think so. I I know he's still with. No, he's still with the. Oh yeah, Rams. I think he had a uh, injury too. I'm not. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, both of them did. Yeah, but so. that's something to look out too. Um, but you know, if they're healthy, then you know, with Sean McVay at the helm running that offense, um, I don't see them skipping a beat. Really? Is it, uh, oh yeah. So do do you really think that? Uh, I mean, I guess less Sean Vic, like take away Sean McVay and yeah, you know, obviously we know the 
we know all the question marks around Todd Gurley, but I mean, do you really think uh, what's his name uh, is a real deal? Um, why am I blanking on on the QB? Goff. Goff, yeah, Jared Goff. There we go. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's hard to tell because he, he was a rookie when Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher's last season as a head coach before McVay got there, didn't look too hot. McVay comes in, they go from like the worst team to the, you know, top five team, at least top five in scoring. So is he a product of the offense that, you know, McVay has implemented? I don't know, but uh, you know, you're only as good as the people around you, you know, um, you know, guilty by association, however you want to say it. But, you know, he has weapons on the outside. He has, you know, again, girly, if healthy, you can argue he's a top three back. Um, so he has weapons. Now, if you didn't have those weapons, what does he look like? I don't know. Uh, does he look like Patrick Ramsey or, you know, is he, you know, the guy yeah. who he is that we see on TV every week? I don't know, but. Um, he, he has, you know, we saw him when he played the, I remember watching the game, what was it last year against the chiefs and him and pa- Patrick Mahomes Dude, just went back and, it, and forth. It was, that was, that's still, I think in our generation, I'd say probably what top three, at least from my end, top three, most exciting games. Like I remember I came home cause I was traveling back from New York and I came home and I was watching that game as well. I was still catching uh, I think I caught like the latter half of the third and the entire fourth, but I was watching the first half of the game on my phone, like on the ride. And dude, it was just touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. You uh, had um, you had a similar game with uh, Chiefs and Patriots too. That was like a fifty-two yeah. to fifty-five game too. You, you know what? That game actually reminded me of. If you remember, like a couple years back, when it was oddly enough, I think it was Texas Tech. I want to say on one side it was either Texas Tech or Oregon, and the other side it was Baylor. And, dude, it was just touchdown after touchdown. I remember it was – I think we – I definitely remember watching it at your old apartment because you, I think, pretty much said first one to score 72 points is going to win this game. And oddly enough, I think it was like Baylor scored like 74 or something like that. Yeah, and, and, and what conference are they out of? The Big 12. They just – again, yeah. they all have poo defenses. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I don't all... get it. And then if you look at like the SEC, right, it's almost the exact opposite. All, all great defenses. Yeah, that's why, you know, defense wins championship games. So I'll take SEC over, you know, uh, Big 12 exactly. any time of the week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you kind of touched upon everything, right? Uh, Cardinals are going to be really like the team to watch. Yeah, they um, can be either well like really, really fun and good. Or, or fun to watch and, you know, can be surprisingly good, or they can be an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, I just don't want it to turn into, like, another, like, Chip Kelly experiment, right? Like, everyone was super hot with Chip Kelly coming sure. out of college, you know, coaching Oregon, spread offense. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he's going to change the league, and he's nowhere to be found now, All right? Like, I just, I just don't want – I just don't – like, that is – that's, I think, one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is, you know, they could start morphing more into kind of like what the Chiefs are doing, uh, mix in a little bit of like Baltimore with like Lamar Jackson, how they like kind of shifted up their entire game plan. 
because, uh, I mean, even in college, right, like Kyler Murray wasn't afraid to run the ball. Uh, I mean, he was a speedster. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see, like, what actually happens with that team. And obviously another big question mark, which I think we kind of always sleep on, is is David Johnson the David Johnson of when he won his MVP year? All right, like – Yep, that's the uh... – We really haven't seen David Johnson for two years. I mean – Last year, he was coming off the injury, and then the year before that, he was injured. So it's like, you know, is he back to his full form? Is he not? Like, I think that's another big question mark for them as well, because Cardinals really don't have anyone on the outside that's going to scare you, right? I mean, you got QT. You got what, Kiki QT? No, that's uh, that's on Texans. Uh, you have you have Larry Fitzgerald. They just signed uh, um, Michael Crabtree. You got Christian Kirk. There you go, Christian Kirk. That was. Um, I'm not sure if I'm missing anybody else, but I mean, they got like, like couple good to above average receivers. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's a shadow of what he used to be. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's not still a Hall of Famer though. Like he's, I think he's one of those that, like, if you can get him in like your, like fourth, fifth round, depending on kind of where he falls to you, he's like one of those picks, but. I wouldn't reach up like too high for Larry Fitzgerald, especially, oh, hell with, no. especially with the like questionable quarterback, right? No one's no one's reaching for him. I think even four and five's too high. I bet he's gonna go in like tenth or ten or eleven. Really? You think he's yeah. gonna drop that low? There's too many other players to draft and other positions to fill. Fair enough. Um but yeah, anything uh anything else you wanna touch up on the NFC? Like I mean, I think it's like you said, right? There's not Outside of the Rams and Cardinals, like those are really the only two teams to talk about. I'm not saying that the Seahawks aren't great, like the Seahawks are great, but it's like the same story, right? Like, even though the Legion of Boom is not there anymore, their defense is still going to be like top three. Yeah, they no um, longer have uh, no longer have Doug Baldwin either, just yeah. Tyler Lockett, pretty much. But I mean, Russell Wilson has a perfect QB rating when throwing to Tyler Lockett, which is insane. Um, I mean, you got the rookie stud DK Metcalf, which everyone's was high on after the draft, uh, after the combine. Yeah, but I, I am excited to see him. Just yeah, I guess he's time an athletic will tell. freak. Um, and then yeah, then obviously on the other side of the ball, I mean, I guess the biggest name is just Bobby Wagner, uh, absolute freak of a linebacker. Got that ninety nine rating on Madden. Um, so yeah, I mean, like Seahawks, there's not much changing pieces, right? You still got Russell Wilson commanding the team, top three QB. Um, and then, like you said, 49ers, I think outside of just for those non-avid fans, like just to see what happens to Jimmy G. And uh, yeah, Okay, you take take out Jimmy G. And when I say the 49ers, who's the first one you think of? What's a player that you can think of right off the bat? Go. George Kittle. Fuck him. I mean, he just came onto the scene like out of nowhere. Like, who cares about a tight end? Unless it's like, you know, you're talking about Kel- Travis Kelsey or uh, Zach Ertz. Yeah, and then right behind him is George Kittle. Yeah, he's probably the third for fantasy, but like, he's no one. Like, if you saw him on the streets, you'd never recognize him. I, I mean, look, agree. I'm, I'm not saying that they're hot shit or anything, but like outside of the normal stuff you're always hearing on the radio and, you know, on ESPN and stuff like that, I mean, it's it's one of those like okay, there's nothing else to watch. Oh, but a 49ers game is on. What, like, I'd be more inclined to tune into that than watching like Lamar Jackson play. I'd rather watch paint dry. 
mean, alright, dude. I guess I guess to each his own, right? Right. Um, but uh, I guess then you know we can maybe then ditch the NFC, work our way to the AFC. Right, you got Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders. Um, I want to say like the entire West division is is about the same, right? Like both divisions have pretty much two teams that everyone's talking about, another team where there's not much changing, and then one team that it's like it's just there, right? Like what did you say? Yeah, I mean you have the Raiders who are on hard knocks. Seems like perfect timing with Antonio Brown with his. Uh, clown show it seems like yeah. something new every week him and Kansas him and City with Mahomes you know talk you, there's, you can never talk more or you can never talk enough about Mahomes just because he's just, he, just some of the things he does on the field like no look side passes like did, did you see his behind the back pass that he was doing at warm-ups yeah I mean it, it's just insane like what he can do I mean he should be he should be in the circus yeah. with all the, um and then no, you have yeah. the Broncos, who John Elway traded for, uh, has been as in um, Joe Flacco. Yeah. I mean, wh- what? Um, oh. And then the Chargers, you got Melvin Gordon, their stud running back, holding out because he wants more money. Um, Did you see Zeke got his contract? At least, well, what? The, the contract has been offered. He hasn't accepted yet, but the Dallas presented a contract to Zeke. What was the terms? Uh, I didn't really look into it. I just saw the headline. Um, wow. But I saw on Twitter that that Zeke, um, I mean, he's still holding out. Like, don't get me wrong. But uh, the Giants, or not the Giants, the uh, the Cowboys did reach out to his agent with a uh, with an offer to make him, I think, the second, either the second uh, highest paid running back or one of two. Those guys are such prima donnas. I mean, seriously, this is the epitome of first world problems. You know, so you get offered twenty eight million, but you want thirty million. I mean, is there anything that you can't buy with twenty eight million instead of thirty million? I'm just throwing out random numbers. Yeah, 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 like here's my thing, and like, and we could probably talk like just an episode just on free agency and things like that. But I feel like running back and QB are those two positions that you do have some sort of ground to kind of push back and hold out on? Um, well, if you're, if you're in high demand and you know that, you know, they need you and, you know, you, you, you work in an industry or you work in, you know, in sports where, you know, if you're the best at what you do, you're, you're going to be paid a lot because that's what the market drives. But it's like, come on. It's like everyone has to one up everybody else, you know, I'm making yeah. twelve million. I want twelve point five. Yeah. Mean, okay. Good like, night. like, yeah, like that stuff. I definitely agree with. Like the the kind of, I, I guess the semantics and kind of like the, the parade or circus that comes along with it is not needed. But I, I do think for for players like you know Zeke, um, you know throwing at quarterback like Wentz. You know, Mahomes, like when their rookie contracts ended up, like yeah, get your money. I mean, I'm I'm yeah, not exactly, opposed to right? that, and yeah. I get running backs. They have a shorter shelf life than these yeah. other other positions. You know, whereas like you know, if you're a 
I don't know, you're a quarterback, you can play into your mid-30s, running backs, you're pretty much done by age 30, or at least your prime prime years are done. But yeah. I mean, look at look at Rodgers. I mean, he was still in his prime, you could argue he still is, and he's, what, 34, 35? So, Brady's playing at 42. Yeah, Brady's 42. Now he's not in his prime, but I mean, um, still, yeah. you know, he's still playing at a good enough level where they're winning Super Bowls every other year. Yeah, so... so. Um, and, um, and you have that situation in Oakland too, kind of going back to the AFC West. You know, not really same situation. You know, Antonio Bryan. You know, he cried about his contract. Um, uh, you know, being in Pittsburgh. Uh, God finally got his money three years, fifty million when he was traded to Oakland. Yeah. Um, and now, now it's the, it's the helmet, and then it's the I don't know. Next will be. Um, the compression shorts are too tight around his jock. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Oh, yeah. I mean, that whole circus, I think, is just a little much. Uh, I mean, look, yes, I like. I agree that you're Pro Bowl wide receiver. I mean, still arguably top, you know, top five in your position, but uh, – yeah, like all of this is just not necessary. Like we don't need another OBJ. See, when you're when you're the cream of the crop in this kind of industry, like the NFL, NBA, whatever, you know, you know, at least for a certain time period, you're not expendable for the most part. You know, if you're a distraction, yeah. you know, that's one thing. But you know, if you, they know that you're going to come, to sh- you know, be in shape, be g- game ready every week, show up, put up, you know, stats that that you expect year a week in and week out, you know. They'll put up with that shit, but other people, other players, you know, middle, middle of the road, middle of the pack, you're expendable. No one, no one really gives a shit about yeah. you. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess kind of just going out, you know, just highlighting the two things, right? I mean, like you said, Raiders at Antonio Brown and then the Melvin Gordon holdout, I think are probably the two biggest stories out of this division. Yeah. I mean, right? when do you draft, when do you draft Melvin Gordon, assuming that week one comes around or assuming when you're drafting, he's still holding out. And you're a week away from the season. Um, what, what, where, where do you draft him? I mean, if he if he's ready to go by week one, he's he's a top ten back or top ten pick. Oh, easy. I mean, right now, I think in most drafts, he's going around like the seventh pick or something like that. Like no seventh. way, not seventh overall. No way. No Se- yeah, way. Like he's going in first ten. No way, that's impossible. That I don't know what what you're looking at. Assuming assuming that he is playing, he's going top ten. All right. Well, I've done a bunch of mock drafts and looked at projected rankings. I've never seen him in the top ten. I've seen him in, you know, in the second round, and definitely in the third. No later than the third round. But I haven't seen. Uh, yeah, I've know, seen him. I've seen him. I mean, in like twelve man leagues, I've definitely seen him go first round. Again, assuming that he is playing. Right, Obviously, but that's what I'm saying. Like you playing. can't, you can't assume you're going off what you know now. Oh no, uh, agree. I'm, I'm just answering the scenario of okay, we find out tomorrow that he is, he's good to go. You're drafting the first round. Oh, 100 percent, yes. If yeah. I knew that, but because Correct. we don't know that, I've yet to see anyone. You know, again, they're all mock oh, true, drafts. True, true, yeah, yeah. You know, with with the current holdout, like. I don't know. Is I feel this, like if you're like a mid, 
It's the same thing with, not the same thing, but remember when Zeke, he was suspended for six games, the first six games last year. Yeah. If he was, if, you know, if he wasn't suspended, he would have been a top five back. Like he is going to be this year, assuming that he he's ready for week one. Um, so, but then you had people draft Zeke. And I think it was the earliest or as early as a second, but as late as like the third. Um, and you know, they try to, as long as you can survive the first six weeks, you know, maybe go 500. And then you get Zeke yeah. back. I mean, you're money. So it's probably in the same situation with, you know, Melvin Gordon. But he said he'll hold out as long as possible, and that could be the whole season. So uh, how, how high of a – assuming that he's still holding out um, and you're, you're a day before the first game, um, how high do you take him? That That's such a huge gamble. Yeah. I would I could see him going like fourth, fifth round, like depending on where you fall in the snake. Like assuming most most people are drafting snake drafts, depending on where you fall kind of on the pattern of the snake, like I'd pick them like if I was end of the third getting my first pick on the fourth, I'd probably pick them around that swing. And then if you get lucky, maybe pick him up like mid fourth. I, I really don't see him like even due to the holdout, I really don't see him going deep into the fifth well i agree even with the whole reason for the same reason you just said with zeke right that i think people would rather take that risk and they would rather stash him on the bench and then like you said when he decides that all right like fuck it i'm coming back then you know you've got a top five back that you stole pretty much yeah yeah i agree with the holdout he he ain't going any further than the fourth round uh maybe someone goes and chances the second or third round but you know, a talent like that that's just dangling there with the the you know just uh turn on sports center in the 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 in the moment and uh you know you could see oh well he signed a contract he's back for the next yeah. game boom he's in your he's in your starting lineup just like that um yeah and then but. i mean it's still though like chargers i mean even austin like austin eckler's his backup right Still a solid backup to have uh, yeah he's a good stash good stash you know and just good uh, running back too it sucks um, that Keenan Allen got injured, though, uh, out for the first three games, apparently. So, that, I mean, that's another he? kind of, yeah, dude. First six the, games, that's that's what they said? First, first three. Oh, first three, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's like your, I mean, he's not going to be like your wide receiver one or anything, um, but like he could be like a low-end wide receiver one. I mean, he's, I think, 10th rank wide receiver right now uh, from last I saw. A lot of people, I see him going on, like, in the third round. Uh, but still, and, I mean, first games, though, like, for the Chargers is Indy at Detroit and Houston. So, I mean, they're not, like, they are tough games. I mean, I think they would love to have them at least for Indy and Houston. But I guess paired with the Melgo, like, holdout, it, it should be interesting to see what the Chargers can do. I mean, still at the end of the day, you have Phillip Rivers. Um, I, I think a pretty big slept on quarterback, right? Like, I was Oh, he always is. Oh, it's, and I think that's that West Coast bias where, you know, you don't hear as much. Yeah, um, I, I think it's that, and it's like he just doesn't have a ring, right? Like, yeah, you that's, compare, the, that's the only thing he doesn't have. He pretty much has every, every else, everything else that you'd want in a quarterback. Yeah, and then it, what's what's interesting is that so the same podcast that like I listened to, so they brought up a good question that like who would you rather have? Like who do you think had like a better like who's a better quarterback, Eli or uh, or 
what's this guy? Philip Rivers. Or uh, Philip Rivers, yeah. Honestly, they're kind of the same quarterback, you know, stay in the the pocket, you know, know, in their primes, you know, throw a good ball. Yeah, but now, same question, but Philip Rivers has a ring. Obviously, everyone's taking Philip Rivers. Uh, Eli's got two. Yeah, but I I think, like, Philip Rivers is just that, like, one ring away from – uh, from kind of skipping a lot of quarterbacks on like the greatest quarterback of all time list. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you can get a ring, he'll solidify his career, and obviously he's a he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, um, but two interesting people that like obviously we're going to talk about this near the end with uh, college football looming just two days away. Um, Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro, dude, both on, uh, both on the Raiders. Um, I mean, Josh Jacobs wasn't like. Uh, I mean, they did draft him in the first round. Uh, he, yeah, he should be their workhorse. Pro- I mean, uh, comparative to the the backs that came out of Alabama, like not. I don't think he statistically was like the better of the backs um, over the past couple of years, but like he's still again like. I feel like any running back or any kind of defensive lineman coming out of Alabama is like, you're going to get a solid athlete. Yeah. Alabama. I mean, has there any been any good running back with all the talent that they produce? Has there been any good running back Alabama? I mean, Trent Richardson was such a bust. Um, And he was supposed to be the next greatest thing since sliced bread. Wasn't Um, Ingram though, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's been very good. To, yeah, he's been serviceable to Ingram, you know, Derek Henry, backup. Henry. Um, yeah, he's all right, but nothing like great that you know. All these guys are five stars, best running backs coming out of the, you know high school. You know they have the best coaching and you know the best athletics and the training and the facilities at Alabama. They get drafted in the top ten or what top five, um, and then they're just kind of like nothing special. I mean. Yeah. Either they're bust or they're just kind of above average, as in your Derrick Henrys, like you mentioned, and your Mark Ingrams. Yeah. I mean, it, it probably has to, like, I think that's position, especially from college to NFL, is probably where you see the biggest, like, difference in skill. Uh, not so much from, like, pure athletic talent. I think it's more so that, I mean, yeah, you could be bulldozing college boys like all four years and Alabama is going to run you through the ground. But I mean, when you get into the NFL, like there are some big people, right? Like you're not going to see like the Aaron Donalds of the world. You're not going to get those in like most of your college games, right? It's only really only in the NFL when you're, you know, you have no classes to worry about, no need to worry about keeping up your grades. Like you live, breathe football. So you're working out six times a week. Like you're eating like a King. So I think that position more so than others, which I think could be one of the reasons, right? Like Alabama, I think if you stack them up against any running back coming out of college, I mean, nine out of 10 times, even 10 out of 10 times, people are taking any back coming out of Bama. But, you know, I can see how they're not like, they haven't really like hit that potential or that a lot of people see coming out of, you know. Yeah, just just an observation that I... I've had just, you know, you um, come out of Alabama, you expect greatness. But, and then going to the other guy, Hunter Renfro, dude, he might be one of my like late, late picks. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of, I was kind of wishing the Redskins drafted him because he's just one of those guys that 
catches everything in his way. You know, he's not going to, he's not a burner. He's not going to run past you and beat all the defenders downfield. Yeah. He's just going to run solid routes. And if he gets open and if you throw it to him, he's going to catch it. Dude. So get this stat line. All right. When I was like looking him up, when he played against Bama with, um, uh, what's his name with, uh, Watson, Deshaun Watson. And they, obviously they beat him 17 for 140 yards four TDs like as a slot receiver against Alabama defense. So he's like, he's definitely one of those like players where again, right? Like I think wide receivers, it's especially someone like that plays a slot, unless like you're the Julian Edelman's of the world, it's really a boom or bust, but I wouldn't be surprised if I see someone like really pick him up kind of late in the draft but then again, it also goes that I feel like, especially in our league, aside from you and me, I could put good money that no one knows who Hunter Renfro is. Like uh, Nick may, people. Nick may know, but um, maybe Mike, but no one else. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, that's kind of really the biggest, I guess, storylines with Raiders and, and Chargers, right? Um, now, I would did want to pose a question with two teams in this division, more so on the biggest drops, right? Khalil Mack versus Kareem Hunt, right? Chargers lose, or it's not a Chargers, Chief lose their Pro Bowl star stud of a running back, and then Raiders lose like a generational talent on, talent on defense. Um, where well, do they you... lost, so Khalil Mack was gone last year. Yeah, but just kind of saying like, where do you think the biggest gap is? Like, do you think? Oh, it has to, it, it has to be Khalil Mack. I mean, he's he's such a game changer. I mean, you saw Kansas City; they didn't really meet, miss a beat when he when uh, Hunt was suspended for the last half of the season. They used Damian Williams and pretty much a running back committee. I mean, that offense still clicked. Uh, they were going. They didn't, I wouldn't. They might maybe a little less. You know uh, what they were doing before with Hunt, but. I mean, you just saw how good you know Chicago's defense was uh, with Khalil Mack uh, always just rushing the passer, taking up two two offensive linemen to block him, freeing up the other guys so they can you know rush or stop the run. Um, it, ha- it has to be Khalil Mack. Yeah, I really don't think the Raiders addressed his position either, right? Like, I don't know who who's now taking that outside line role uh, that Khalil Mack would have taken. But I, I could put a lot of money saying that he's, at least talent-wise, there's no way that he's anywhere near. Uh, but, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, especially with now Kareem Hunt on the Browns, uh, still suspended for half the season. But uh, it, it'd be interesting to see with, you know, Nick Chubb there, like, you know, will they bring in Kareem Hunt, you know, in week nine? Right. 10, or do they still stick with their kind of like workhorse back or, you know, run like a nice like two back system, right? The same thing that the Saints did where, you know, you can have like a Kamara out on wide, but, you know, they had Ingram kind of sitting in that eye formation. Um, right. But yeah, that kind of wraps up the divisions, right? Um, and, uh, you know, like we promised on last week's episode, Going to kind of do a bit of a mock draft uh, with 
different positions and stuff. And I know we spoke about, all right, let's do odds and, you know, I'll do odd positions. Let's do even positions. So yep. I guess just to, instead of like us running through all three rounds, you know, thinking of like a 10 man league, um, like correct me if I'm wrong, but first three picks, CMC, Saquon, or Kamara in some particular order, right? Yes, I have seen you know people take Ezekiel Elliott in the top three, not not one or really? two, but number three. Even with the uncertainty of him playing, uh, again a mock drafts, but if he's playing, I could easily see him slip into the top three. But yes, the situation right now where we sit today, yeah, um, yeah absolutely, the three list. Like, I, I feel I feel more comfortable him sitting at like a four, four or five. I mean, even though, yeah, like someone might say, like, what's it between three and four? But, uh, I mean, yeah, I I think at least as far as what I've seen and from what I've read and, uh, you know, what I'm seeing online and stuff, it's you can really argue between either of those three. Uh, I think they're all poised for a breakout season, all stud athletes all had a great season last year and like they're really going to be the centerpiece yeah you got to have them so so if you're lucky enough like i am i have second pick for um for my league at work and i and i kind of know the guy that's picking first he's going to pick saquon so i really have to make the decision of kamara versus uh versus christian mccaffrey um but more interestingly now right let's move i guess like I don't want to like do the fourth pick or the fifth, but going into like the sixth, seventh pick, right? Because this is where things get interesting. Where I think this is probably one of the first seasons where uh, you kind of have some wide receivers breaking that like top five threshold, top like seven threshold. Um, so who you like at six? Assuming you know how things have gone the way you think they're going to go, who are you who are you taking at six? Oh, I mean, it all depends on who's available. I mean, we're, I mean, if we're going to assume, again, if we're going to assume, um, you know, uh, Barkley, Kamara, and Caffrey go top three, Ezekiel number four, are we assuming David Johnson's five, or is it Hopkins number five? What do we assume? Yeah, I mean, you can assume Hopkins, David Johnson out of five, six. Like, I mean, I'm either way, right? So th- those, they're off the board. So who, who are you taking – if I'm six, uh, with with those two at five and six, or I'm sorry, you said who's at six, and where do you know? Say that again. Oh I'm no, sorry. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess I kind of just answered uh, my question. I guess for you, uh, I was just saying like assuming that the, I'm assuming if either DJ or Hopkins are available. You're taking one of them. All right. So, how about this? Right? If you're number one, if you're number one, who are you taking? If I'm one, I'm taking uh, Christian McCaffrey. Okay. So uh, so I'm at number two. I'll take Barkley at number two. Who are you taking at number three? I'll take Kamara. Okay. So then, if number four, I'm probably going to take Ezekiel Elliott, no matter what. I think he's going to play by. Yeah. I think he's going to play week one. So five. Who are you taking? Five. I take D Hop. Okay, so if I'm six, then I'm probably left with David Johnson. I'll take him um, with a back uh, bounce back season. Uh, number seven, who what are, who are you taking? So seven. See, this is a little. This is where things get interesting. So I actually I'm going to take Joe Mixon. Wow. At seven, 
with the uncertainties of of Melgo and his average average pick position is eighteen. What Joe Mixon? Yeah, according to Yahoo. Yep. That's interesting. I've I've seen him being like a late first rounder. He could. He could. Don't get me wrong. He, um, I, mean, I just don't. But no, because like I'm also just seeing like from here, right? Because the reason, and, and I think we kind of spoke about this when we kind of touched on the Bengals last week, where he's going to be your classic like workhorse back. There's really no one else on that team. AJ Green goes down with an injury. Oh, I agree. Yeah, he's your um, three 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 down horseback. I agree. So, and especially with the rest of the backs. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, you do still have uh, like Le'Veon Bell still out there. James Conner's still out there. But I think I'd take someone like Joe Mixon, who I, you could kind of argue he's a boomer bust. Uh, but at least at seven, I feel I would take Joe Mixon. And then obviously in a 10-man league, when it comes back around to me, then like obviously I can think about taking another one of those like backs that are still available. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, definitely a unpopular pick. Uh, but I'm taking Joe Mixon now. If I find out that Melvin Gordon is playing, if this is a no-brainer. I'm taking Mel- Melvin Gordon. Um, but yeah, I mean, shoot, Melvin Gordon might go. Uh, actually, no, that's probably the correct position. At seven, yeah. Oh, wait, were you going to say like you might take Melvin Gordon before DeAndre over Robin? David Johnson? Oh, over David Johnson. Yeah, I can see that too. Or I may, I mean, I'm not big on drafting receivers first in the first round, unless I have to. Like all the other, you know, stud running backs are gone, and it's just by default you have to draft like the high, high or one of the top receivers. But, um, you all know, right, if, so I, I guess at eight, who you, who you're gonna take? I, I would take James Conner. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah. Then at nine, at nine, this is where I found like a little interesting. Of I could go. Like, I can see arguments being made for, obviously, with what you just said about drafting receivers. Do you go with, like, do you really kind of gamble with Le'Veon Bell? Obviously, this is a pretty That'd high. That would be a big like, gamble. Yeah, that would be a big Jets. gamble. Or do you kind of play it safe with Devontae Adams? And in I, most I, leagues, I, I, I've I, seen Devontae Adams go up. Yeah, season. I feel like you have to go with Devontae Adams. You know, you know, just look at it big picture. He's on the Green Bay Packers. What do they do? They score. You know, if, yeah. you, if you're not sure if between two receivers, pick the guy that has the better offense, or in at least in the in history shows you that they score the most points. Yeah. So I mean, here, I'd, like nine out of ten times, I'd probably go Devonte Adams. Uh, I mean, you got a prime prime condition for Aaron Rodgers to shine right now. I mean, they got a, yeah, they got a Rod. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, Devonte Adams. At, at nine, I guess. And then who are you going to round out? I think I got uh, going with Nick Chubby. Really? Yep. They're going to have a great offense. Interesting. You don't think with the addition of a uh, – with Odell and you obviously you got Julio there – or not Julio, uh, you got Jarvis. Jarvis Landry there. Well, that's um, what's going to open up the offense with them, the weapons down there. And I am scared with Kareem Hunt coming back after yeah. week eight. I am scared of that, so I would be kind of hesitant to pick him. But he showed me enough at the end of the tail end of last year that he can be a three down back. And this this Cleveland offense, in my opinion, they're ready. They're ready to uh, turn the tor- uh, turn the corner and potentially be a top top ten offense. I truly. So, so I guess now going going on that right. Let's say you know you're you're a Nick Chubb owner. 
you you picked him up. You know, Browns. You know, six weeks in, they're sitting at like three and three or four and two. Uh, Nick Chubb hasn't shown you like anything spectacular, but he's you know he's doing all right. Do you? When do you think it's time to pull the trigger on like taking Kareem Hunt off the waiver? Or I guess better well, question is it: Do you think that Kareem Hunt's even going to go in the draft? Oh, I think a hundred percent he will. Someone will take him in like the last round and take a waiver and just fill their bench and pray to God that you know Nick Chubb gets hurt in week seven or eight. Gotcha. All right, fair enough. Um, so I guess starting the the second round um, here, I, I'm I'm really just I think for me it's either Michael Thomas or Julio Jones. Um, probably. Yeah. Probably I mean, going to lean more towards Julio just because uh, apparently from everywhere where I've heard, um, Falcons are playing 13 games in a dome this year. It does help. That is, that is uh, a good And nugget. I think their coldest game is actually in San Francisco in December. Hmm. Interesting. That's a good so uh, either, yeah, either San Francisco – yeah, San Francisco in December. So it's um it's like ideal condition for Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan has proven that he plays better in a dome. Um, and obviously Julio's, you know, Julio Jones. My the only thing that kind of worries me with that is that there also are two stud receivers in Jared Judy and uh, Mohamed Sanu as well, right? Uh, sure, there's not like they're not comparatively skill-wise, like anywhere near Julio Jones. But, I mean, there are some pretty good backups to have. And, again, I think to the point that you were making earlier, I think that's really going to open up the floor. Um, So it's not going to be like Julio Jones is going to be the one and only target, right? Like, everyone loves to use the example, all right, you know, Falcons are going up against Cardinals. Uh, Patrick Peterson is obviously going to be on Julio Jones, right? Who are the other two receivers you have? So... Right, having those as like a two-three uh, are that's the kind of only thing that I'd kind of gamble, like kind of struggle with being like, do I take him or do I take you know Michael Thomas? Both proven receivers, both have great quarterbacks. Um, obviously, Drew Brees takes the crown over Matt Ryan any day of the week. Uh, but yeah, it should be interesting to see. Um, now. What interestingly, what I want to see, okay, jumping down to, let's say the eighteenth pick, right? Like, let, let, let's start at sixteen, all right? Because this is where I think things get interesting. From what I've seen, who are you taking at sixteen? I, I don't know who's available. I mean, we're kind of making a huge jump, but well, if I mean, I, just just assuming things like things are chalk for the the next picks, right? Like everyone kind of picks best available, kind of, or you know, you could even take it as you know who you who you would like to see. If I'm at 16, ideally, and if I'm being realistic with myself of who's probably there, you took a a chance on Joe Mixon. I'd probably take him there. But since you took him already, um, I think I'd probably go with, if Travis Kelsey's there, I'm taking him. Uh, If Michael Thomas is still available, I'm probably going to take him. But I don't think they are. Yeah, Um, I think Kelsey going like, 14 ish you're probably looking at a dalvin cook all right and if not if you want to take a chance you know this is kind of the range of where people kind of reach for um not really reach but maybe 
Todd Gurley, but man, that's such a gamble. Yeah. Even Melvin Gordon should not be in the picture yet. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. I think tough. Melga would be more like my, like I said, depending on where you fall in the snake draft. Like, that's going like, to be a third or fourth round pick, I got to believe. Yeah. Um, which is why I think, like, this year, especially the way things have turned out, I think the, uh, excuse me, um, I think that, like, middle of the pack pick, uh, like, anywhere from five to seven, really doesn't depend, like, doesn't really matter what league, whether it be a 10 man or 12 man league. I think those picks are going to be like the best picks for this year. Cause you can really kind of like, I, I think you're not really gambling right with, at least with the earlier rounds or even like when you have one of the later picks, you really got to make a gamble as to like, all right, who are you going to see when the snake draft comes back around to you? Right. Where yeah, those, those those... No picks there, you have like a constant stream of like, you know, who's going to be there. Especially five or six, you're still going to get a stud running back no matter what someone's going to drop to you by default and then you get to pick quicker than you know one two three and four did in the first round yeah um now obviously a big question uh damn we've been 56 minutes my dude um so let's, let's kind of wrap it up a little bit but i think the one question which obviously i've i'm sure you've seen as well are you taking mahomes in the second round if he's there fuck no. All right. I, I, hey, man, I you would be surprised at how many drafts I've seen. I'm praying. I'm praying to God. I'm praying to Allah. I'm praying to Shiva. I'm praying to every god out there that somebody takes Mahomes before me, or just takes him in the second round, so it has enough. Everybody else kind of just drops down a spot, hypothetically. Please, somebody take Mahomes. He's going to be great. When I play against him, he's going to shred me up. I get it. I get it. He's going to put up 30 points, and I'm going to I'm gonna have ulcers. I'm going to have hemorrhoids. Uh, I, I'm going to go crazy. Um, it's going to hurt like hell, but I'll, I'll, I'll eat those two weeks uh, yeah. to have, you know, to fill my roster more better or more efficiently with, you know, running back or quarterback. I don't know who will do it. There's got to be some dummy in our league. Somebody, please draft Mahomes. You, to be, I'm looking at our league right now. BK and and Odoade are sitting in a prime position. BK is going to take Tom Brady first round. So if you're behind him, you're so lucky. Oh, yeah. See, that's, that's the thing. Like, I think where I sit, I mean, like, okay, before we kind of get into that, right? Uh, I think that kind of really wraps up AFC, NFC, West. Um, got nice draft picks. I know we didn't talk much about betting lines, but I think... That's fine. We'll, yeah, we can do that next week. I, I think next week we can, as we get kind of closer to... Plus, that will be the, uh, you know, coming up, that fir- that will be the first full weekend of college football. Only one game this weekend, as talked yeah. about before with Miami and Florida. That's the only one game next week. You look ahead, full weekend of college football. The best part or best sport yeah. and season of the year. No, man, I, I agree. And we'll, we'll touch up on, on the AFC South uh, as well. Now, speaking of the South, um, you, you recently had a, yes, had a, sure, a great experience you, with yes. the new Popeye's crisp chicken sandwich. Why don't you tell the people about Okay. That? So this chicken sandwich, I don't know. It, apparently it popped up out of nowhere with black Twitter, hashtag black, black Twitter. They were saying how great it was. Then you had uh, you black Twitter. It's black like, Twitter? it's like if you do hashtag black Twitter, it's just like, you know, of, uh, 
kind of like black yeah name it call it what you will or i, I mean uh, whatever but that's where it started and then you had the wendy's you had chick-fil-a and popeye's twitter accounts going after each other saying who has the better chicken sandwich i looked into it i found out popeye's it's a goddamn chicken joint and they've never had a Chicken sandwich. How asinine is that? I mean, KFC's had a chicken sandwich. Pop. Or, sure. I mean, uh, Chick Fil A's known for the chicken sandwich. Uh, you know, Bojangles has a chicken sandwich or a chicken biscuit sandwich. Uh, I'm sure Zaxby's has one too. I don't know. They're not up here, but Popeyes. Are you kidding me? But anyways, they finally come out with one, and I hear it. I see it on Twitter, and then I'm listening to the sports junkies. The you know the sports talk radio. Uh, morning show up here in Northern Virginia. And they they take calls on this because this is what everyone's talking about it. They took 10 calls and nine of the 10 callers were like, this is the greatest chicken sandwich ever. It's better than Chick-fil-A. And no one could believe them. I mean, you know, it's pretty similar. You have a bun, a chicken, pickles, but they do a little differently. You can either have chipotle mayo or regular mayo. Uh, being the little bitch I am, I went with mayo when I tried it. Uh, uh, and it's, I, and I told this to my coworkers, um, I'm not going to say it's better than Chick-fil-A, but it's good enough to have the debate. It's pretty damn good. All right. Fair enough. you, You have to try it. I mean, I've talked about it to my friends. This is how crazy it is. You had Sean up in New York with you. He went there. They sold out of chicken sandwiches. Dude, yeah, I saw everywhere, man. People yeah. were going and they were just sold out. Andre went to Fair Oaks Mall to get his chicken sandwich. Sold out yesterday. Now, there's a conspiracy theory thinking, oh, they did it on purpose, so it generates this kind of buzz of how yeah. it's sold out. Maybe, maybe not. That'd be kind of cool if it was true. It'd be kind of smart, actually. Um, but I, I tried it. The bun is better. It's a brioche bun. Much better than uh, Ch- Chick-fil-A. The, the pickles, big pickle guy here, as you know. Uh, crispier crispier dill pickles. Um, and then the, unlike Chick-fil-A, they add mayo or chipotle mayo. Your choice, of course, if you want to get the spicy chicken or not. Um, but, you know, the seasoning is really good. The breading uh, that they fried in is really good. It's not like extra crispy like you get at KFC yeah. probably. Um, it's just a good hearty piece of meat or piece of chicken. Um and I, I've been talking about it. I told my coworkers they went today. They told me it's the best chicken sandwich they've had. Damn, dude. Well, I mean, if you haven't had I, it, I haven't had it yet. So I will, I will definitely be sure to try it. And maybe we can we can open up our AFC NFC South episode with with my uh, with my personal review of the uh, the Popeye chicken sandwich. You, this the, and that you should, uh, and I. I, I believe this is going to be the move for Sunday mornings when you're hungover and you want a chick, uh, chicken sandwich. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they did capture that market of Chick-fil-A's clothes. Yeah. We're not kind of by there, default. Right? So. Like it's 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 it, it has to be so. Um, but all right. It was fun, my friend, uh, you know, stuck true to the podcast with beer, football and Obviously, anything in between uh, with our with our chicken sandwich talks. Um, Get a chicken sandwich to our two and a half listeners. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, man. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll get sponsored and uh, get some uh, get some chicken sandwiches on the show. Popeyes, uh, please sponsor us. <laughs> 
But yeah, dude, second episode in the books. Um, we're up on iTunes, Back to the Field. Um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm really only doing this for fun. But if, uh, if shit gets serious and people actually like listening to, uh, to two idiots talk about football and chicken sandwiches, then... Highly unlikely, but... We, we may have to expand that to some social media platforms, but as for now, we're, we're only on iTunes. But um, Eric, always a pleasure. Um, but I will uh, see you next week for AFC and NFC South, dude. Absolutely. All right, man. Catch you later. Peace. See ya.